0: Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, And today I'm joined with Daniel Fusco, who is an author, pastor, and radio host. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you for tuning in to another episode today. Uh, before we dig in, just want to thank everyone who's been just tuned in for some time now, um, and for new listeners as well for joining in on this conversation. Um, if you could leave a rating and review uh, on iTunes, Google Play, um, or, or sharing uh, this, this episode on social media. Um, or just texting it to a few friends. That would be a great way to, to help support um, the Guys Like Us podcast. And I really appreciate um, all of those who have who, who have already and, and continue to support um, this podcast. In today's conversation, I speak with Daniel Afusco, who has a lot going on now. He has a really exciting new book coming out Crazy Happy Nine Surprising Ways to Live the Truly Beautiful Life. Um, we discuss um I started to write this I started to write this um you know early in 2020 um and we discuss what the beautiful life looks like um is being happy a good thing um and we we really can't divorce being happy from from joy either um and so understanding them not as really as opposed but um how they how they work together um we discuss a little bit more about how he he really aligns the the nine gifts of the spirit with the beatitudes and there's nine beatitudes as well. Something that I, I personally didn't know. Um, I had to look back and and, and check it out. Um, for some of you that might be the same as well. We, we just discussed a little bit more about, um, the fruits of the spirit, um, what crazy happy means, um, and a whole lot of, lot more good stuff. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Daniel.
1: it's so great to be with you and all the guys like us and gals who are hanging out with the guys like us
0: that's right that's right um well thank you and uh we're we're ac- across the country from each other now um this is being recorded in in uh, mid january i guess we're just getting into mid january now um and you're um yeah just kind of preparing for the for the launch and getting getting a lot of things going with uh, this new book and um, Would love to dig into that in just a minute, but first, just kind of want to orient and introduce you to our audience as well. Um, so you're coming from Washington, but I knew you. I know you grew up in New Jersey. Can you t- kind of tell a little bit more about your story of how you how you made it from uh, New Jersey out out west and um, into everything that you're doing now?
1: sure so yeah so i'm a native of new jersey so i come from an all-italian family so uh out of new york so everyone's preconceived conceptions of like an all a big all-italian family from new york that's totally my family so my you know my parents were living in brooklyn and long island but then you know when they got when they became pregnant my mom became pre- pregnant with myself and i have a, a twin sister as well they couldn't afford a house and you know in new york so they end up at that time in the mid-70s moved out to uh what they called the boondocks of new jersey which it isn't that anymore uh and so but i just grew up in a big loving all italian family and um yeah i ended up going to college at Rutgers university uh there in my home state of new jersey uh but i didn't really grow up uh you know we grew up kind of culturally catholic um we would go to church but there wasn't really any kind of spiritual discussions that went on it was kind of like just don't don't end up in jail and you know you know i don't i don't want to see you on the front page of the paper doing something bad and so uh, when i was in college god did uh, you know uh you know I, I god did a pretty amazing work in my life over the last couple of years of college i was um i was getting into philosophy and metaphysics and all the stuff and um and uh, was really kind of struggling with feeling like the things that I was doing uh, wasn't really fulfilling, although they were the things that I'd always hoped I'd be doing. Mm -hmm. So I was, Mm -hmm. at the time I was pursuing, I was about to embark on a career in music. I'm a bass player, an electric bass player, an upright bass player. And um, so I graduated school, but at the very end of college, Jesus really did an amazing work in my life by revealing himself to me in some very substantial, profound, very intimate ways. And uh, so I ended up moving from my home state of New Jersey to uh, the Pacific Northwest uh, because I was going to pursue a career in music and I was going to just move right into New York. But, um, you know, good old Frank Sinatra, I like to say, he's like one of my, you know, honorary uncles, you know, New York, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And I just didn't feel like I was ready to try and, you know, uh, make a career in music in New York. So I decided to move out West and fell in love with the West Coast. And in the midst of that journey, God really started to invite me and, and I ended up feeling calling called to leave music and and became, uh, went into the pastoral ministry. Mm -hmm. And so I lived in the Pacific Northwest. I moved down to the San Francisco Bay area uh, and then started planting churches. I went back to New Jersey and planted a church and was there for years. Saw leadership get raised up and Moved back to the West Coast and planted two churches, one in Marin County, California, just over the Golden Gate Bridge of San Francisco, and also in the north end of San Francisco. And then about nine years ago, I moved up here to uh, Vancouver, Washington. We were joking before we started recording the lesser Vancouver, not Vancouver, Canada, but Vancouver, Washington, which is just over the Columbia River from Portland, Oregon. So everyone knows where Portland is. Everyone, you know, Port- we're in the news all the time, you know. And I and I became uh, the lead pastor of an amazing church called Crossroads Community Church, where I've been now for uh, almost a decade, and uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's just extraordinary uh, what God is doing, and the fact that I'm on this journey even mm-hmm. at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and so you mentioned the the I think obviously stepping into pastoring and a lot of other communication outlets as well. Um, and I think through through writing and through um, and through you know I guess being a radio host and kind of that that type of. I guess, just that whole type of kind of environment of what that, of how you're communicating with an, with an audience and then obviously pastoring, preaching, connecting with people. Um, and so wanted to dig into a little bit more about kind of what's on, what's hot off the press now um, with your book. And so Crazy Happy, Nine Surprising Ways to Live the Truly Beautiful Life. Um, I have a lot of, yeah, I'm excited to, to, to dig in and um, I'm sure it's been a really cool period for you, but can you just bring us back to, Um, What kind of inspired, what was kind of the genesis of of this book?
1: Yeah, so um, in a lot of ways, it's amazing kind of given all that's going on in our world right now. You know, um, I think there's one thing that's true of everybody is that by, by and large, everyone's pretty crispy right now. That's the word that I like to use and not crispy like a good, you know, slice of pizza from... Boston or New York where it's like right. it comes out and it's thin right. crust, but it's like you fold it. It doesn't sag over. It's just, it just stays perfectly straight. Good. You know, like people That's are sweet. pretty brittle right now. I mean, you know, we've yeah. been now, you know, almost a year in a global pandemic. I was just talking to my, my grandmother who I love so much. She's on uh, 95 and, yeah. and she's so sweet. And she's like, you know, she's like, how you doing with this coronavirus thing? She's like, I've never seen anything like this and I've been around longer than most people, you know? And so, yeah. so I think you know what we've been going through, you know, whether it's with, with the pandemic and then you add on, you know, all the stuff politically and, and, and social tensions and racial tensions and all that's going on. I think everyone's just kind of brittle right now and, and it's spilling out into every, you know, all different areas. And for me, I, the genesis of the book was actually, it came to me in the midst of, I, it was just a really crispy time. I was, you know, I was, um, you know, I get to be a pastor of an amazing church, but it was a, a challenging season. As you said, I get to, you know, have a radio ministry. I also have, you know, all the stuff on TV and social media, even though mm-hmm. I, I like to joke I have a face for radio. Um, but so all these things are happening and God's doing all this amazing stuff. And But I'm, I found myself just really kind of just brittle. Fried and and I remember I sat down. We were going on a family vacation, so mm-hmm. my bride Lynn, um says hi mm-hmm. to everybody. We have three great kids, and mm-hmm. um, we were. I was kind of skidding into family vacation. I was just really tired. I was just. I just felt really kind of mangled. Yeah. And I remember, like, I'm I'm a goal setter. I love reading, and so normally I go on vacation. I'm like, I got I got a reading plan. I'm going to bring these books with me, and I was just so crispy that I'm like, I'm just going to soak in. Jesus beatitudes, you know, that those, those nine, you know, blessed is the person who, and I'm like, cause I I couldn't even handle the idea of like trying to read like a lot. Like I didn't want to read. I didn't want to bring a book to read for fun. I'm like, I just like, I need to soak my heart and my head in the beatitudes. And so, you know, I did that, I got my journal and I was just Mm -hmm. kind of for three Mm -hmm. days, I was just soaking in the beatitudes. And then like my ADD kicked in, my kind of friskiness kicked in and I'm like, Hey, isn't there nine fruit of the spirit, you know, from Paul's teaching Galatians chapter five, verse 22 and 23. Right. And I'm like, I wonder what happens if you put them together. Cause I believe God's, I mean, it's God's word. And so, and I believe it's perfect. So it's like, I just line them up, like the first beatitude and the first fruit of the spirit. I just started to journal through it. And very quickly I realized that, that God has a plan for human happiness, but it's actually not the our own vision for our own happiness. Like we all were looking for happiness and people all the time say to me, like, they're like, you know, Daniel, you're a pastor. Pastor Daniel, doesn't God want me to be happy? You know? And and normally they say in the midst of like challenging situations, like when things are going bad, you know, the number of times someone has said to me in the last 12 months, like, man, what is God doing? Doesn't he want us to be happy? And you know, we have all these things going on. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was that, Hey, you know, God does want us to be happy, but God's plan for our happiness is found in, surprising places crazy places so it's not like crazy happy like we're so happy we're crazy it's like god's plan for happiness is found in a crazy place and really what we do is we explore the the nine beatitudes the blessed is the person or modern translation of oh how happy is the person Mm -hmm. you know and those different details given there and lined up with the nine characteristics of the fruit of the spirit and it really makes for what i think is a very timely and important Study of God's plan for our happiness that we find in Christ. It's not happiness divorced from Jesus It's like when we're in Christ, how do we view what God's plan is for us to truly live a fulfilled mm. and beautiful life?
0: Right, right. So good. And that, yeah I mean we see that in God's Word that I've, I've actually never kind of see noticed how there's both There's nine fruits of the Spirit and nine Beatitudes as well And so actually when I when I just read that I'm like, oh that is that is that true? Is that actual is that? You know, I, I want to check that out a little bit more and so Um, yeah, I mean, that feeling of exhaustion, of just not wanting to do anything, just almost like withdrawal, um, I think resonates with so many of us. Um, Just uh, putting in so much energy physically, spiritually, and just feeling like I have nothing left to give. Like, could there be more, you know? Um, And so I guess what are some, maybe some yeah, some our ideas of happiness that are a little bit maybe bent in a different direction than kind of what God's will is for um, for happiness.
1: Yeah. So you know what's amazing is if we never really think about these things. And yeah. and what's funny is like like when you talk about like it's amazing that there's nine and nine they go together. Like when I put them together, I thought to myself, how did I never noticed that before. Right. And then I'm like I'm like searching through the internet. Like, did anybody write about this before? And like couldn't believe that no one's written this book and i mean they're two of the most famous teachings in the bible you can put them together you know and i'm like i can't i can't believe i get to do this this is the coolest thing ever but what <laughs> like i never really thought about like what is the lens through which i view happiness and really what it becomes is you realize that the grid through which we define happiness is actually defined for us by our culture, but not even by our culture, but almost by movies and social media. So like we have this <laughs> tendency to believe that, like like, 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 like like let me give you an example. Yeah. We have a tendency to think that if I was that happiness means that there's nothing to make me sad. Right? Mm-hmm. Like like so mm-hmm. I'm happy when there's no, you know, grieving in my life. But then Jesus, the second beatitude, blessed is the blessed are those who weep for they will be comforted. Oh, how happy are those who grieve. That's what he's mm-hmm, saying. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and then you match that up with the second characteristic of the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is joy. Yeah. Yeah. And then right away my head as a as a as a as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, someone who loves the scriptures, my head goes right to in the Psalms where it says, though the sorrow may last for the night, the joy comes with the morning. Mm. And so so the idea in, in the scriptures is that the happy life is not a life that is divorced of grieving. It's a life that you, it's a life that you realize that there are heartbreaking things in the world in which we live. Heartbreaking things happen, but God has a way of redeeming the heartbreaking mm. things. Yeah. Those who mourn are comforted, and through the comfort of the Lord, in the midst of the tragedies of life then we have a greater joy. And I always think of the example of Jesus when uh, at, when his friend Lazarus died, you know, uh, he intentionally delayed going, knowing that Lazarus was going to die. And when he gets there, he sees everybody so sad that Jesus starts weeping. It's the shortest verse in the Bible, two words, Jesus wept It said in John chapter 11. And, and Jesus is weeping because the fact that Lazarus died was tragic. But he still wept, but he knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Mm -hmm. He knew there was going to be a work of resurrection. So I always Mm -hmm. tell people, like, we have a tendency to think, uh, my life will be happy when there's nothing that breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. And actually, the Bible says, no, no, you're actually going to be happy when the things that break your heart break your heart. But then you include but God into Mm -hmm. what's breaking your heart. Because God wants to do a work of redemption and resurrection. And as you see the redeeming hand of God in the things that break our heart, that evokes Mm -hmm. Tremendous joy and so I always tell people like God wants us to incorporate the things that break our heart into his plan for happiness not divorce it. And like that in and mm-hmm. of itself is mm-hmm. to me was mind blowing because, you know, at the time when I was writing the book and, and I was kind of, God was doing the work in my life, I was grieving. Like I'm, I'm walking in my calling as a pastor. I'm getting to be an author. I'm doing radio, mm-hmm. TV, mm-hmm. social media. I get to tell everybody about Jesus, I'm not anybody about Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, there are things that were breaking my heart, like, you know, watching things go on, you know, my own garbage, other people's garbage. And I realized like, oh no. Like I'm like, it doesn't God want to be happy? Why is this happening? It's like, oh no, no. He actually wants to work through this. And that just that that perspective change that the scriptures gave me really blew my mind. I just was not ready for it. I'm like, Oh, this is important. Like hmm. we need to think about these things the way God explains it to us, not just yeah. the fairy tales that we come up with in our minds because we live in a culture that says that, you know, all pain is bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that's really good. And we try and skip through pain and try and get to the other side of it. And I mean, we all we are on the other side of the resurrection here. But there's but that Lazarus example, I think, is great of um, Jesus waiting with him, even though he knows he's going to raise him. But yet still spending that time to mourn and to weep, um, something that I think a lot of us need a reminder of um, or just a discovery of. I think for myself, it was a discovery moment of like, wow, here's where I've been counterfeiting or like here is where I haven't been. Seeing that this is part of, um, our, this is part of um, walking walking with God, and so um, for us as Christ followers, I think it's 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 so true and needed um, in tumultuous times. But yeah, I, I wanted to to um, just kind of think a little bit about. Um, so I know that you um, obviously start with the fruit of the spirit and then the beatitudes, and you kind of break down the the book by chapters and uh, of each, you know, going pairing them one by one with each other. Is there, um, I guess, a particular one? Actually, I guess we can start with joy. That was one that I was thinking about. And just the difference between joy and happiness. Um, and I guess where true joy comes from.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's a great question. So it's amazing. So, you know, as a pastor, I've heard it in church many times, and unfortunately I've also said it, that like, you know, like happiness is not the point. Joy is the point, right? And And like, what's mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. is like, Mm-hmm. Like happiness is the emotional response to a mer- joyful things. That's what it is. And so, you know, we have a, you know, and I think it's a mistake. And I made it as a pastor. I don't make it anymore because I've learned it's like God actually cares about our feelings too. You know, it's like so. I think sometimes we have a tendency to say, well, God really cares about our lives spiritually. He doesn't really care about all the other stuff because the spiritual is what's the most important. that's actually, well, I actually believe now that the spiritual drives the way we view all the other aspects of our personality. So God mm-hmm. does care about our bodies. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we have a tendency to think, mm-hmm. oh man, it's like Jesus cares about my soul, my spirit, everything else is fine. It's like, well, your soul is actually includes your feelings. So I think that, uh, you know, feelings of, of happiness, um, I would never poo-poo it. Like when someone says, oh, doesn't God want me to be happy? Or I want to be happy. Yeah. I'm like, that's a good thing. The alternative is I don't want to be happy. Like if someone came to you and said, Tyler, man, I just want to be miserable every day. You'd say, this is a problem. Like like you're not supposed to think that way. You're, like if, if yeah. all you get is one shot at living today, wouldn't we want happiness? I mean yeah. our culture's drive for happiness is, is – is, it's, it's, it starts in the right place. We just pursue it the wrong ways. And so yeah. one of the things that I love so much is that when you think about what joy is, uh, the Bible teaches, mm-hmm. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And really what I like to tell people is that God is the most joyous person you could ever meet. Like he's a, the, the most joyful person you'll ever meet is God himself. You know, Jesus is the most joyful person I know. And, and, and so mm-hmm. when you realize that, so what is joy? Joy is the disposition of the heart that trusts that God is good and he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so and really happiness is the positive emotion that comes from that reality. And so in a lot of ways, like, there's so much talk today about like, you know, emotional health. I mean, even in the business community right now, you know, emotional intelligence, like like it's we, we've explored all this stuff. and was like, now, like we have to explore emotional intelligence and the and the, the most positive emotional feeling should be happiness, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the idea for me is that. You know, uh, I don't want happiness divorced from the person and work of Jesus, who God is. But I don't think it's wrong to say in the midst of my life, I do want it to be happy. Mm I I want, Mm -hmm. you know, I want, I want happiness in it. And so for me, joy is a gift of the spirit. One of the things I make the point is in the Beatitudes and the fruit of the spirit, it's not something that we have to do. It's who we are in Jesus. So it's really about uncovering the truest things about who we are which is not, this is what I do for work. This is who I'm married to. This is, you know, how much money is in my bank account. It's about uncovering, this is who I am in Jesus. Yeah. And allowing our identity in Jesus to drive the way we experience all of these other things. And so when you realize like, as a Christian, like God, his joy is a part of my life. Not based on my performance, but based on the finished work of Jesus. Really, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Th- there, there is salvation by works. It's just not my works. It's Jesus's work that, that gets it done mm. for me. So, so when I, you know, so when yeah, I find yeah, yeah. that, like, okay, so God is already happy with me because I'm in Jesus, and Jesus did it. He always did those things that please His Father. Now I'm like, okay, so what are the things that I think make God, like, God happy with me? Like, oh, I don't have to... Like, my performance is not a part of the dilemma. It's like Jesus has already done it. So if I have a bad day, I shouldn't be less joyful. I should actually be more joyful because when I have a bad day, in my Mm -hmm. weakness, Jesus' strength is made perfect. And I'm not talking about living however you want and not caring. I'm saying that, like, if I, you know, go to to Crossroads and I preach and I don't really feel like I have a good message. I don't feel like like it, it, it landed the way I wanted it to. I didn't deliver it well. That really shouldn't affect my happiness and my joy because when God looks at me, he sees me in Christ and he's like, that's my son. Mm-hmm. I'm, prou- mm-hmm. I'm proud of Daniel mm-hmm. because he's in Jesus and mm-hmm. Jesus always did those things that pleased me. Yeah. And, and those yeah. perspective yeah. shifts change everything, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it's, it is very countercultural and it's something that you have to kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole different disposition and it's, it's God's working in your heart to, to, to understand that it's, and I think we have a lot in our culture and we have a lot of trouble of this works righteousness and this understanding, Hey, like, you know, however much I produce, whatever, however I perform is kind of my identity or worth. Um, And so definitely something that I, I think personally been praying through and it's been a, it's been a challenge. Um, But um, again, yeah, it's not, there is, can you, can you say that again? I really caught my attention of there's works or, but the work is finished. Can you repeat that again? Oh yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: like to say that, you know, um, there is salvation by works. It's just not our works. Yeah. So obviously the apostle Paul said it so clear, like we're saved by, you know, by grace through faith. Apart from works, right? right, and so, so for us as humans, it's like we're saved by God's grace, not by the things that we do, right? right? But yeah. I, I just said like we are saved by works. It's just not our works that save us. It's Jesus's finished work that saves yeah. us. So, but what it does is it's like, Mm -hmm. unless we grab hold of that perspective, what we do is we end up like, and we're all in this together. And I'm not saying this, that like, I always do this. I just know like, this is what my Bible teaches. And this is what I know to be true from the scriptures. And Mm -hmm. every day I'm growing in the experience of it is that we all end up on the what I call the hamster wheel of happiness seeking. Hmm. So like, like if you put a post up on social media, I'm not saying you specifically that, but like, you know, anybody you put up and like. Like they start, they stopped on Instagram, they stopped putting the number of people who like it because they realized that it was like messing with people's Mm, views of themselves. That's right. You know, so now it just says, you know, three people and others. So it, whether it's, you know, 50, whether it's three or whether it's 5,000, it's just as others, you know, because they did, they realized that people were tying their identity to how many people liked their social media posts. Yeah. You know, and so you realize that like when you do that and we've all had the experience where, or maybe you put something up there and you're super happy about it, but then somebody says something kind of negative about it. And then you walk away just being like, ah, like... Why, like, why do they say that? And I'm I'm no, I'm no good. And, and really what happens is, is we realize we're on a hamster wheel and we're not, we're letting other people, you know, define our happiness for us. And we're saying, Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. only worthy of happiness when everybody likes what I do. And then you end up living your life for everybody else. And then of course, Jesus comes in and says, Hey, don't forget, woe to those when all people speak well of you. And you're like, what? Like Jesus said, it's bad if everyone likes you. And I'm just like, that's Like, I can't believe Jesus just said that. This is Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Like, Mm -hmm. why would he say that? And it's like, oh, because he knows in the social media world, everybody just wants everyone to like them. Mm -hmm. And he's Mm -hmm. like, but really what he's saying is that there has to be something more important to us than just the affirmation of other people. And if you Mm -hmm. tie that back into the fruit of the Spirit or -hmm. or, or the Beatitudes, Mm -hmm. nobody likes the 8th and ninth Beatitudes that says, bless you when they persecute you and when they revile you you know, and, and, you know, bust out of the persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I make the mm-hmm. point, like, you realize that if you're, if, if you're walking with Jesus, no matter how wonderful of a person you are, there's still going to be people who don't like you. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, they're going to persecute. the persecution happens for people who it's not for, they're not being persecuted because they're being mean or vindictive or judgmental right. Right. or hurtful. They're being persecuted for righteousness sake. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, so like, the crazy happy life is not a life where everyone likes you. Cause sometimes, I mean, they killed Jesus and he was, you know, God in flesh. He helped everybody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he healed people. He touched people who nobody else would touch. You know, he, he went out of his way. And then he, of course he died on a cross and you're like, okay, right. so if, 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 if the only Jesus. perfect human yeah. was killed, then we shouldn't, we should never expect that everybody's going to like us. And so that, again, talk about like a lens shift or a paradigm mm. shift. Right. It's like, that's some really powerful things for us to think through. If, if we, when we define like, well, what makes a really happy life? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a, a light, a light just clicked kind of in my, in my head too, as I was thinking about that. And yeah, I mean, I think kind of going back again to a little bit too of our, like our happiness and it's a connection, I guess, with our emotional health too. And um, you're right. I mean, this is popping up every in business, business world, um leadership i mean all, all this, this is just kind of what's 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 in now and it's i think it's really fascinating um because yeah i mean i have noticed like even when you're going like scrolling through something like personally i saw like a change in my emotional state as i went kind of from post to post um and i'm like wow this is not like this should not impact my happiness um like it is right now and so i'm like oh maybe that there, maybe there's something a little bit deeper than there deeper underneath there that i'm i'm, I'm not really seeing um And I think it goes, part of it goes back to identity and I think part of it goes back to, um, yeah, I I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot there, but I think, I think I just, I do think that's really interesting. Well, Um, I think
1: also what you're talking about is so powerful because given all that's gone on where people are like working from home, you know, we're doing more zoom and all these different things. It's like a lot of our usual, um, you know, the ways that we find affirmation, it's changed. Right. You know what I mean? So now all of a sudden it's like, you know, the likes yeah. on a social yeah. media post, yeah. like th- that has even more weight because you don't have the, hey, you see somebody in the office. You're like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and so so when we're looking for those kind of happiness boosts in those places, it's, it is fleeting because, you know, even if you scroll down, it's like, well, one post got 20 likes and the other one got three likes. And you're like, well, what's wrong with this post? You mm-hmm. know, or, or, or why didn't so-and-so? I put them in, they didn't even say anything about it. Or what, you know, you begin to realize that part of what's happening for us is that we're allowing our happiness to be defined by things different from what Jesus is talking about. And so, what I'm constantly learning is that. My life is always the most fulfilling. I call it the beautiful life, right. the truly beautiful life. It's always the most fulfilling when I'm seeing things the way Jesus taught me to see them. Mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. tells me what it is. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, I'm the way that I kind of work is I'm a back to the Bible kind of a guy, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, I'm like, what does the scripture say? And then what does this mean at street level where we live? And I think that that's. You know, in defining what happiness is, what joy is, when looking at like, hey, what's God's plan for us to be happy, to live? Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and might have life more abundantly. I can't imagine a more abundant life not including happiness, right? Right? Right. Like if someone's life is not happy, they're not thinking they're living the abundant life. Mm -hmm. So it's like you start asking yourself, okay, so what is God's plan for my happiness and how do I Mm -hmm. embrace that and Mm -hmm. let that drive how I live? Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah, so I mean, we we could talk for a while here, but I want to um, I, I want to just kind of ask one more, I guess, follow up, two more follow up questions. One is just where, um, I guess, in as you're writing it, maybe doing the editing process. I you know, I, I know a little bit about kind of that the whole world that you're in, but like, what is there one chapter that really like you had to spend a lot of time working through and praying through and being just like really discerning and like, how do I want to say this? Or I think there's a lot here. Um, and I, I, this has really gripped me in such a way.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, in a lot of ways I wanted the book to be both, like I wanted it to be simple. Like I'm part of the way that I write is, you know, I I never want to be, I want to speak normal people's language, you know? And so like, I, 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 always try and write, like, we're having a cup of coffee or tea or whatever, and we're just talking at the coffee shop. Like, that's kind of my goal. But I realize that a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about is not – it's not superficial at all. You know, Jesus is super deep that way. But, like, so how do I take the cookies and put them uh, on the bottom shelf, so to speak? Like, I always joke. I I got three kids at home. It's like if I don't want my kids to get the cookies, I hide them. But if I put them on the bottom shelf, I'm pretty sure they're going to get at them and they're going to enjoy them. And so I I really wanted to write it in a way that was – that was accessible to anybody, no matter where they are in their faith journey, Whereas whether somebody's right. been walking with Jesus for decades or whether they're like, yeah, I don't even know if I believe in Jesus, but I know that he was a spiritual teacher and if I'd like to hear what he has to say about my happiness. Right. So right. Um, I think the, the, the chapter that was the most personally challenging yeah. to me was um, the idea of the very first beatitude where Jesus said, "You know, blessed is the person who is poor in spirit. And the idea of linking uh, our happiness to humility, and and I think it was hard for me because I just don't think I'm a very humble person. Like I want to be, and I know that God dwells with the the humble and the contrite mm-hmm. of heart. But like I just see lots of pride in my own heart, and 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 mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, I really didn't want to just kind of write about humility in the generic. But I wanted to let you know uh, that idea really kind of search my heart and 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 do what. God want like God wants to do a work of transformation in right. me every day. And so I'm like, okay, let's let's just deal with this. And so uh that was uh it was a challenge because certain things come more natural, you know, to us in our personalities or where we are in that process of being transformed. That the Bible calls that sanctification, our experience of who we are in Christ right. and and what it means. So but the, the chapter on and plus nobody ever talks about, hey, you want to be happy, you gotta be humble. Like, happiness is on the other side of humility. Like, only Jesus talks like that. Nobody else does. Right, you go to right. a, read a self-help book on happiness, they're not talking about being humble. That's right. the last thing anybody wants right. to read. Right. So, so that was a challenging uh, but beautiful chapter for me personally yeah. because God really did a work in me in the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned God's beauty rises up from the ashes of our humility um, one of the quotes. And I, I thought that was very fitting. And yeah, and I think like sometimes we can bifurcate like humility and happiness and it's like, no, like humility is part of happiness. And it's like, wow, really? And so, as you said, it's like only Jesus teaches something, something that, that crazy. Um, and so, but in a good way. And so, um, awesome. And Hey, so just, um, I, to wrap up, just want to know where folks can, can find you tune into, um, kind of what you've been doing and, uh, yeah, and just maybe a final word of encouragement or anything else that we um, that you want to to kind of include here.
1: Yeah, so if people want to find me online, I mean, just put in my name Daniel Fusco, and yeah. you know, I'm on all the social media channels, and then you know, you can find the real with Daniel Fusco, it's the TV show or uh, the Jesus is real radio ministry, and then you know, the podcasts and all the different stuff, and obviously sure. the new book, Crazy Happy Night, Surprising Ways to Live the yeah. Truly Beautiful Life. Uh, put it wherever you like to buy books if you go to good old-fashioned uh, bookstores or if you if you use all the you know the online retailers you can find it yeah. there yeah. and uh, i love to connect and hear uh you know from people hear about their lives about right. their journeys and so hmm. uh, as as a final word uh what i would say is that it is true god does want you to be happy but you have to remember that where we are apt to look for happiness left up to our own devices and the way our society works um it gives us uh it's a it 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 offers something it can't actually deliver on and so the idea is like Mm -hmm. you know the bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season and so our happiness seeking will give us a little bit of a boost for a moment but not pure abiding happiness and i think that only comes from jesus because of who he is and who Mm -hmm. by the work of the spirit what it does in us and so i just want everyone to know the the happiness that god is offering them in jesus and it's going to come in crazy places like we talked about it's going to include grieving it's going to include it's on the other side of humility you know it it means that not everyone's Mm going to like us when we're walking this crazy happy life but that's okay because we'll Mm -hmm. be experiencing Mm -hmm. who god is for us in the midst of it Mm -hmm.
0: Well, it's, it's been a, it's been an honor and just, um, it's been great to, to, to ch- connect and chat with you, Daniel. And, um, I'm excited for, for this release for you. I'll be praying, praying for the release and, um, am uh, I'm just excited. I, I know I'm sure a lot of listeners, um, who have, uh, who have tuned into have, um, have, you know, taken one or two things. And so, um, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: Uh, the pleasure is all mine. God bless you, man.